Hello, welcome to Cannon and Cockrell. My name is Michael and I'm a Spurs fan. And my name is Jason and I'm an Arsenal fan. And uh, we are both still recovering from yesterday's dramatic North London derby. Quite a finish. I'm, uh, I'm indulging myself in chocolate to get over the, um, the highs and lows and to kind of regulate my blood sugar after what was an eventful afternoon, which I would have um, taken at the start of the day, but after the travesty, cheating, um, ups and downs, highs and lows, um, I'd say it was two points dropped. Here we go. So, yeah, I mean, I, I was there. My voice was still recovering from the, the screams of, of, well, anguish to start with, and then joy when Hugo Lloris saved that late Aubameyang penalty. Uh, it was a tale of two penalties in that second half. We've talked a lot on this programme about Kane versus Aubameyang. Who's the better striker? Who would you rather have in your team? Uh, one player yesterday stepped up to the plate, handled the pressure, buried his penalty. The other bottled it, didn't he? Well, well, it's also a tale of two offside penalties. You know, one that was and shouldn't have been a penalty, and one that wasn't offside and was a penalty. So, you know, at the end of the day, all these arguments about was... Aubameyang's a penalty, was it a dive? Take those two away, fine. I'll have a 1-0 win. So um, very nice of Mr. Harry Kane to do his job and score from 15 yards. You know, Aubameyang, you win some, you lose some. Um, but at the end of the day, everyone knows who the better team were and will know the, the, the gap is shortening and that um, Spurs better watch their back because in a couple of weeks' time, they could be, um, they could be facing Europa League football next year. Well, speaking. Well, let's uh, address all those controversial decisions because I feel like both both sides are unhappy with the referee. I know there was a lot of anger towards the referee in the stadium from both Tottenham and Arsenal fans. Um, I mean, Xhaka should have been sent off, shouldn't he? No, disagree. <gasps> How can you disagree? I think he, he, he studs up, missed the player. Really, didn't. It wasn't a malicious no tackle. No attempt to play the ball. But I think that Torreira is fair enough. But also, if you're talking about equity in these decisions, you're also talking about Danny Rose, who absolutely should have been sent off for what he did to Bernard Leno. I don't um, know how you can say also that. David, also, David, also, Davidson Sanchez for kicking out at Shaka. Two wrongs don't make a right. And whilst, you know, on the balance of play, maybe Shaka in another game could have been sent off. I think that, you know, there should have been some consistency in refereeing. And, and um Fine. There should have been four sendings off then, if, that, if that's the way you want to go. Well, I think I definitely agree that the refereeing was was inconsistent. Um, I think Aubameyang went down very easily for that penalty. But then justice was served because he missed it. Um, Hugo Lloris, again, is, is bizarre because obviously we did a keep so undecided, obviously, a few weeks ago. I said I was undecided on Lloris. You were quite surprised by that. The, the game, the next game after that podcast, he saved the penalty from Jamie Vardy. But then against Chelsea in midweek, he had an absolute horror show. And then today, again, he saves a penalty. So it's hard to really know where you stand with him these days. Then it's not exactly hard to save a penalty that comes right at you at a slower pace than um, Andre Arshavin. So I don't quite <laughs> understand. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't a miracle. Aubameyang never looked up for it. Um, and I'm gutted. I'm really gutted because I knew as soon as he, we got that penalty, I just had this feeling like they don't, we haven't got that drive we usually have in these derbies. There was something missing. There was an intensity missing for me. Um, yesterday, we kind of had those moments and we did kind of have our tick-tack style, but it wasn't like I didn't see the passion. And for me, the biggest insult of the day is that we had to rely on Aaron Ramsey to score a goal and to kind of be our saviour and rue when he went off the pitch. 
because we shouldn't, he shouldn't even be on the pitch in the first place. The boy doesn't want to play for Arsenal anymore. He shouldn't play for Arsenal anymore. And we should start preparing for life without him. Well, what are you going to do next season? Because that was what struck me as well. When Aaron Ramsey was starting, I thought, oh, this is his last North London derby. Of course, he's going to score. He, you know, put you one nil ahead from that counter-attack. And, you know, he seems so important to your team and how you're playing at the moment. And like you say, the, the more central he is, surely the harder he's going to be to replace next season. And, you know, you have a player who's ready-made in Ozil who should start playing to earn his, um, his money. And then you've loaned someone like Denis Suarez, who I've only seen about, for about 10 seconds in, in the, the past few months. And he doesn't look any good either. So I'm a little bit worried. So do you think Emery, because when the lineups were announced, you messaged me and, you, you, and tweeted about it as well. You weren't happy with the lineup. Do you think Emery got his selection wrong? Do you think if you'd started with the likes of Bumgana and Ozil that you would have won? A hundred percent. Oh, sorry. I think that's Arsene ringing. He wants the job <laughs> back. Um, yeah, you know, I think um, I think that um, he should have started with all those players. You know, you, you, you're in the biggest game of the season. You start with your biggest players. That means Torreira should play. That means... Um, Aubameyang should play that means that Kolasinac should play Ozil should play and, and you know even Suarez and I don't understand what he was thinking and luckily it, it just about paid off because who knows what would have happened if we did play those players but I think he got lucky this time actually because because he's he's tinkering and tonkering but I, I don't see the benefit in it you know it, it, again it was two points dropped and if we had had the correct if we had put Monreal at, left, at right back and we put Kolasinac at left back, then who knows? We would have actually probably not conceded that penalty that shouldn't have been. I was quite, I have to say, I was actually quite impressed with, um, it's the first time I've seen Arsenal live under Unai Emery. And I was surprised at lineup like you, but I was actually quite impressed at how well you were defending, how well organised you were, how difficult you made it for us to kind of attack and get any space. I mean, it doesn't help when Ericsson was very off colour. I think I started to sense the first signs of fans turning on Ericsson yesterday. I think for a while I've thought he's looked like his head's been turned, that he's not been anywhere near his level, hasn't stepped up in Kane and Delhi's absence the way he could and should have done. Um, Son, I think his schedule's finally starting to bite and with Kane back in the team, he's less of the focal point. And Kane, you know, whenever he comes back from injury, he has a few matches where he's a bit that half a second too slow you know when you broke for your your goal if Kane had shot just that half second earlier you know he always seems just that little bit off the pace when he comes back and I think that didn't help us but I think I thought you guys were really you know in defense whenever Son or Kane or Ericsson was on the ball they always seem to have two or three men around them and it seemed like you came in with a plan of sitting deep defending hitting us on the break and I mean it almost worked I mean as you say if if Aubameyang scored his penalty or if ours hadn't been given then despite that, you still could have come away with a win. So does that make you feel a bit more positive maybe about Emery and about the team? Or do you think, again, that still shows how we were there for the taking if you've been a bit braver? Like, how did you feel about the approach? For me, it shows same old old Arsenal. For me, again, the the purpose of changing the manager was that we wouldn't be has-beens or nearly theirs. We would be getting over to the line and getting all the points that we deserve in a game. Um, I guess the Jose Mourinho um, attitude, and and for me, obviously, clearly, that's not what we're getting. That's not what we're getting with Emery. Um, it's better than it was, and at least we're fighting. But I only think we're fighting, so to speak, for the top four because of all the other teams around us. Um, 
flailing this year. But speaking of heads turned, um, one head that definitely has turned, which has resulted in your poor form, is Mauricio Pochettino. Um, and what do you think of his deluded comments around saying that you were the better team? I mean, does he re- can he really look in the mirror yesterday and say his team were the better team and that, um, and that he's improved them? Because to be honest, I think that's two points dropped for you as well. And it, it seems to be... It seems to be celebrated. This this is a win, like for Spurs, but actually, it's just put you into third place mediocrity. Well, what I would say is that obviously, when you look at the week as a whole, only taking one point from a possible nine, losing to Burnley, losing to Chelsea, and drawing this, going from title contenders to now in a in a race for the top four, definitely that's that's a bad week, no doubt about it. And this was a game where a win was vital if we wanted to guarantee top four. Um, and certainly, I think it only feels like a win and only probably feels like a defeat for you guys because of the circumstances of that last-minute penalty. Um, if it wasn't for that last-minute penalty save, I think people probably, Spurs fans would probably feel a bit more negative about it and Arsenal fans maybe a bit more positive. But I think because you guys had the opportunity there to get all three points in the bag and blew it, and if you'd done that, obviously, you only would have been one point behind. You know, that could be season-defining if it comes down to a couple of points. You know, you'll be looking back at that Aubameyang penalty and thinking that's potentially the moment you missed out on top four. Because if we had lost three games in a week, then I think definitely we would be, our season would be over. You know, it would be such a, you know, we couldn't afford to lose. So I think the fact that we managed, despite not playing well, to come out of it with something and with that kind of boost that that late penalty save gave us, you know, hopefully now that can kind of turn our season around a little bit, rejuvenate it in a way. Um, but definitely I think a draw was a better result for you than for us because it keeps you only four points behind us and we have to go away to City, we have to go away to Liverpool. But, you know, you've got Man United next and we've got Southampton, so that's another opportunity for us to kind of re-establish that gap. But certainly the top four race is going to go down to the wire. I don't think we're happy at all that we've been dragged into it, but I think hopefully the circumstances under which we got the draw and the, the boost that can give can hopefully, as I said, rejuvenate things and maybe dent your guys' confidence a little bit. And can I ask, looking forward, you know, you have or supposedly have a pipeline of young, excellent talent um, who can go onto the first team and become world beaters and putting the pressure on forever and ever. Um, a player called Davinson Sanchez yesterday had one of the poorer games um, I've seen of him. Are you slightly worried, you know, when Alderweireld inevitably leaves in the summer that that is your ready-made replacement and the fact that he doesn't look up for these big, big games consistently. Is that, is that a worry? I think, yeah, I mean, young players are always going to make mistakes. They're not going to be polished every single game. I think Davidson Sanchez has been, you know, he's, he's been better for us. He, he, he's not known for making a mistake every game. Um, I feel quite confident that he's going to develop into a very strong player. Um, he had a bad day yesterday, but to be honest, I think you can't really blame him for the goal, I think we were way too overexposed considering it was in open play. Um, you know, Ramsey shouldn't have had the whole half to run into regardless. Um, you know, I, I think Davidson Sanchez will be fine. You know, I don't see this becoming a regular occurrence. I'd be more worried about more seasoned pros making mistakes. You know, the likes of Lloris or Trippier or Aubameyang failing to take his chance. I think it's when players who have been there and done it are failing to then go there and do it that gets you more right than, than a young player who, who is bound to make a mistake every now and again. And that does slightly infuriate me that the, the likes of Aubameyang really clearly not looking up and motivated for that moment of taking the penalty. You know, there was something in his stature and the mood 
that you just knew it wasn't going to be a rocket into the top corner. Um, also, again, Meza Ozil comes on, sideward passing, kind of looking lacklustre in the final minutes. It just wasn't the energy that I would have wanted. But again, you know, this is, we've started to, in these big games, perform better. You know, we're making chances. I remember the days where we just wouldn't even have a shot, let alone a shot on target. Um, so we're making the headlines for the good reasons. But I just, I still get this horrible feeling that this is just same old Arsenal. Um, and it's going to take a lot more than just um, a manager who can run around on the touchline to, to make this, um, to turn this club back into the reality we want. It's interesting because I, th- I think I probably feel more positively about Arsenal's performance than you did. But that's probably just because we were on the receiving end of it, found it difficult to play against you. But obviously you have the frustration of not, because I mean, you must have been licking your lips in midweek when you put five past Bournemouth and we lost 2-0 to Chelsea, which was one of the worst performances I've seen under Pochettino that Chelsea lost. You must have been thinking that we were there for the taking. And when you went 1-0 up as well, and then had the penalty to win it, I suppose for you, it really does feel like a missed opportunity, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I thought, you know, it, we had so, we have momentum behind us. Um, Chelsea was starting to fall back as well. It just felt like the time, the time had come that, all right, our season's turned around. We've got the momentum. You know, we've got the Europa League midweek where we can start to really dominate in that as well. But unfortunately, it just, you know another opportunity missed. And this, they might, they might come again. If we can get a positive result against United on the weekend and you have a couple of negative results and it's back in our hands. So who knows? I think um, too early to say that this is a disaster, but it certainly would have helped um, and take the pressure off a little bit. It's funny, actually. Um, I was watching press the, some of the interviews after the game and I think it was Harry Kane and Hugo Lloris came onto Sky and Harry Kane is talking about putting the pressure on. I just thought how, how I... Ironic, how ironic that Spurs are happy at putting the pressure on again. Um, you know, I, I, just an observation from the Spurs team and exactly what Pochettino said early in the week. They look like five to ten years away from winning a, from winning a proper trophy because that, that mentality just isn't there. If they're celebrating a draw, um, even regardless of the circumstances, that shows a weak loser mentality for me. And I'm, um, listen, I don't have to do or the consequence of that but I as a, if I was a Spurs fan which would never happen in any lifetime I'd be very worried <laughs> so are you saying that if it had been at the Emirates and it was 1-1 and Tottenham had got a last minute penalty and Kane stood up to take it and it was saved that Arsenal fans wouldn't have celebrated in the same way I mean I personally don't like to comment on speculation and hypothetical scenarios so that, that, that question is void in my opinion which, I mean aren't Arsenal at the moment the team who are putting the pressure on. I mean, you've just been talking about putting the pressure on us in fourth. You're, you're putting the pressure on top four. We're the ones now who anything are the ones who have pressure on us. I mean, aren't Arsenal to put the pressure on team at the moment? It depends uh, what context they're looking at it in. <laughs> what was interesting, I thought, actually, going back to the Kane uh, penalty, I, I learned a rule that I didn't know before about offsides and fouls. Um, well, I heard, I heard about this, a couple of um, journalists tweeting about this, and I thought this is classic, positive, mainstream Spurs agenda to now spin the offside rule to suit Spurs. Well, I mean, it's unbelievable. Well, let's, so let's explain this to listeners. Who I, may I, I, just, just so you know, I've never heard of this in my life before, well, and, I, and it, it, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. See, the issue is most pundits and even ex-pros don't actually read the rules of the game because some people have said... Basically, FA official rules 
Sam Wallace, chief writer for Daily Telegraph, I believe, pointed this out, that if a player is offside, if they are fouled before they can make an attempt to play the ball, then the foul is given, essentially. So now you can argue that Kane penalty shouldn't have been given because he was attempting to play the ball when he was fouled, but it's not not a penalty just because he was offside, which a lot of people will match the day and everywhere say, oh, Kane was offside when the ball was played in, therefore not a penalty. But actually, technically, according to the rules, if he's fouled before he can attempt to play the ball, it is a penalty. Now, it's whether he is... There are two, there are, I, mean, there, I mean, there are two, there are two things out say to that first of all rules are meant to be broken and secondly if you want to go if you want to be that much of a stick they go for var i mean this this is a ridiculous debate which is classic spursy um and i don't think any other club would get away with this and this is a bit it feels a bit like when kane um was desperate to get that goal that he um didn't even touch it's just like classic spurs bending the rules then they're not bending the rules they are the rules bending the rules to to fit their agenda when, when, you know, the main the mainstream is different. You know, I don't know any other club that would get away with this kind of debate. And you know you know what? Fine. You got your penalty. Have it. Shove your penalty. <laughs> no, I just thought it was interesting just because, you know, it's it's interesting to, if those are the rules that, you know, the VAR would have had to object a judge to whether he was attempting to play the ball before he was fouled. Right? I, I, I also... Interesting to know that going forward. I mean, I think there's also an interesting rule, which I haven't, I don't know if, um, if it's in mainstream culture, that if you, if you miss the ball and your studs go into the keeper and rip a hole that looks like a bullet hole in their chest um, and they almost break a rib, that that should probably be um, sending off. But, you know, I guess um, but you know, not one, rule, a, one rule for Spurs someone, and one rule for everyone else. Someone's on someone's leg either. That's apparently not a red card. I mean, I didn't see the incident, so I couldn't even possibly comment. I wasn't at the ground. Well, as you, I mean, as you, I think as you, a draw, though, probably was a fair result, wasn't it? Given we both have issues with how our teams performed, issues with decisions. I think it probably would have been unfair, wouldn't it, if either side had won the game, speaking objectively? No, I think speaking objectively, it was an Arsenal three-pointer. Fair enough. <laughs> I must say, the, <laughs> the final like five minutes or so, because actually, when the penalty was given... Me and my dad started to walk out. We thought, oh, here we go. And we were literally on the cusp of walking out. And then Lurie saved it, jumping around like crazy with everybody else and then stayed to watch the last few minutes, the red card. It was one of the most dizzying final five minutes to a game I think I've ever seen or, or witnessed. It was crazy. I mean, Danny Rose was in central, central midfield by the end. It was an absolutely mad, mad game. Um, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you enjoyed it, though. And I'm sure you'll be able to relive it all on DVD um, come May. No, I think it's all about streaming now. I think we need to get stuff on Netflix. That's the next next frontier. But speaking of penalties scored and missed, I've got a little little game. Oh, no. Uh, You may have already read this online and and know who these other names are, but Kane's penalty means that he is now the leading goal scorer in Premier League North London derbies. Wow. I've got a list of six, well, no, five names here, six including Kane, but five names who make up the rest of the top six top goal scorers in Premier League North London derbies. I was wondering whether you'd be able to name them. And this is Arsenal and Spurs. Yeah, Arsenal and Spurs. So just players who have scored the most goals in North London derbies in the Premier League. Right. So it's definitely got to be Robert Perez. Yep. Seven. Seven goals. Um, Harry Kane has nine now, for, for, uh, just so you know. So Harry Kane is now the top goal scorer with nine. Is, Perez, there someone in, is there someone in between them or is Perez number two? 
Perez is number three, so there is someone in between. Ah. Well, it's got to be Thierry Henry. Thierry Henry is actually number four behind Perez. Wow. Five, with okay. five goals. And there are actually three players on five goals who make up the rest of the list. I reckon Emmanuel Adebayor is in there. Number two with eight goals. Wow. What a ledge. What a ledge. So there's Kane, um, Adebayor, Perez, Henry, and now two more. Right. Hold on. I'm just writing this down. Kane, Adebayor... Uh, but who did I just say? Omri. Omri. Perez. Omri. So there's two more. Right. Oof. Um, in the Premier League era as well. That's a tough one. Hmm. Robin Van Persie? Yep. Wow. Five goals as well. Thea Walcott? No. The, the, the final name is a Spurs player. Oh, really? Wow. He's also scored five goals. Could be Robbie Keane. No. Near Dimitar Berbatov? No, he's actually not. He's a goal-scoring midfield player. Steve Nabronk? Started in... (laughs) (laughs) The legend. He started in defence, gradually worked his way up the pitch. Oh, Mr Gareth Bale, of course. Indeed. Oh, wow. Wow, imagine a five-side team of that. That would be some team. And wow. spe- speaking of Gareth Bale, rumours paper talk this morning about a possible 50 million plus Bale deal for Ericsson with, with Real Madrid, which I think a lot of Spurs fans would probably accept or be tempted to accept. Um, I'm very happy you caveated with um, you caveated with the um, with the paper talk. Yeah. I mean, I, I highly doubt it will actually happen, mainly because we probably wouldn't be able to afford Bale's wages. But it's an interesting proposition, I think, for Spurs fans. And Spurs fans listening, let us know whether you would actually accept that deal. Would you be willing to let Ericsson go to have Bale back? Because I think a lot of Spurs Yeah, fans... I, mean, it, I mean, Bale is your biggest club legend ever. I would say Spurs <laughs> fans treat him bigger than your own players at the moment. Um, you know, of course you would. But I think the boy now is used to winning trophies. Um, you know, used to being in a in a... Well, London is a lovely city, but Madrid, I think um, the lifestyle is probably a lot more relaxed on paper. Um, Sonia? I, I don't think there's any chance. I don't think there's any chance at all. I would be shocked. No, I, I, I think it's probably definitely more the kind of romantic idea of him coming back. It's probably for the best if he doesn't come back because he wouldn't be the same player, probably. But Exactly. It was a, it's a bit like the Cesc Fabregas ordeal. You know, I would have loved to know that he would come back. But, you know, he went to Chelsea and I'm sure um, Gareth Bale will be, will be very settled in Manchester come September with his, um, his old um, mentor, Maurizio Pochettino. Or am I right in thinking they never worked together? No, they never worked together. Well, then his uh, metaphorical mentor. I'm sure the two of them, the two of them will love going to United and... Um, securing their record of not winning anything in England. No, it would break my heart if Bale came back to the league but played for Man United. That would be kind of the ultimate. If he's going to come back to England, it's got to be Tottenham. It, it'd be too difficult to see him back in the Premier League but not in a Spurs shirt. Or Cardiff or Swansea. You never know. Or, or back to Southampton. Yeah. Sure. Listen, Hazen Hutti seems to be um, having miracles at that club. You know, they almost won or got a result yesterday against United. They're... Um, they're coming good. Well, it worries me, given that our next fixture is against Southampton. This is, top four race. Is that, I think it's is that Wembley or is that? No, it's a, wow, that's a, t- 
that's a tricky game. That's yeah, a very tricky game. You, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, I think I'd rather go be at home to United than away to Southampton in their current form, especially knowing our experiences at St Mary's. Well, I mean, it, for us, it's a must win. With you playing United, you know, either way, points are going to get dropped by you and Man U. And we can establish sure. either a seven-point gap over you, a six-point gap over United, or five and six. You know, it's a big opportunity for us we need to take. And actually, it was funny because on the way back from the game, I was looking at the rest of the season's fixtures for Spurs, United and Arsenal to try and map out this top four, you know, journey. Who's going to finish where? And being rather optimistic with the Spurs predictions, but also the Arsenal United predictions, I actually had all three teams finishing on 79 points. Wow. So who, who, who's, not, who's not in? Well, it would go down to goal difference. Spurs have a better goal difference than Arsenal at the moment. Wow. And so, Arsenal better than United? I'm not sure. I need to check the table again on that. Uh, there you go. Well, how, surprise me how if, close. It surprise me if you put a few nine nillers against Arsenal. Because, <laughs> I mean, that was me. And again, so this was me presuming we lose away at City and Liverpool, but win all our other matches, which might not happen. But And it was me presuming that Arsenal, I think, draw with Man U and then win all their other matches. Um, but Man U, I think, actually have the trickiest running because not only have they got to play you guys away but they've got Chelsea and I think they've also got City and Liverpool maybe even no not Liverpool wow. they've got, I think United have play more of the big six than either of us our teams do but it's going to be interesting now this top four race Ten, yeah ten, and, we all, and we all know it's kind of um, you know the small teams on paper can can um, can challenge us even a bit more than the bigger teams. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, it's, it's up for grabs, isn't it, really? I think Spurs, Spurs have that advantage, naturally. But um, I think Arsenal, you know, it's, it's in their hands. And I'd, um, I'd, be very, I'd be a very proud supporter if we were managed to, to do it through the, the Europa League or top four. But I'd still stand by my point that this is an interim manager, Emery. Um, we need to get back to where we were in the, uh, you know, the middle, the middle banger years. And then we need to get in um, a top-class manager in the like in the mould of Zidane or Sioni to take us back to that next level and um, cement ourselves as the only team in London. Are you worried that the Europa League might damage your chances of finishing in the top four in the league, and then you end up with neither? I mean, how, how are you worried about how you're going to balance that now going into the final stretch of the season? No, I think at this stage now it'll be because we're only in those top two competitions. It'll be a momentum thing that winning in each competition should spur us on in the other. So, you know, if you get a really solid, grinded out result in the Premier League, you should be able to go away to Wren in this example and, um, and go and win. So we'll have to see. It depends on the draw as well, if we get lucky. But at the moment, um, it's all fallen in our favour. But you just never know. As soon as we get an Inter or a, or a Chelsea, um, it might be game over. But I think... We have a very, very, very good chance this year. Um, we know we have a manager who's a specialist in it too. Um, so, you know, I'd say it's um, ours to lose, actually. It's interesting because I'm torn between wanting you and Chelsea to go far in the Europa League so it tires your squad out and gives you fixture congestion and all of that, but also not, as you said, wanting it to have almost a positive impact of giving you momentum. And I don't want to see exactly. you win it either. So it's an interesting... Uh, from a Spurs perspective, you know, what, what I will, I'm not sure what I want from, from you guys in that. And I think to just throw it back, you know, with Chelsea, uh, not Chelsea, sorry, sorry, Spurs in the Champions League, um, you know, 
you think that you're through now against Dortmund. Who knows? I'd be very delighted with a 4 0 um, this week. But, you know, when you, it gets into the depth of the competition, you're going to have very, very hard games that I'm sure you're going to bottle. So, will that have a ne- negative impact on your Premier League, um, on your Premier League's form? I don't know. I mean, I think certainly schedule wise, the Champions League is kind of the new Europa League playing on Tuesday or Wednesday instead of a Thursday. Um, and in a way, I mean, playing against that quality of opposition, you know, no disrespect to Ren, but playing against the quality of opposition you do in the Champions League will hopefully help raise our game. I mean, we're at a higher level than perhaps teams like Arsenal and Chelsea who have to go and play teams in the Europa League who maybe aren't of the same standard that they're then playing at the weekend. You know, you, if you go and beat Ren by a few goals, but then you've got a really tricky Premier League match, you know, does that make you a bit complacent perhaps going into that Premier League game? Um, so, I mean, I guess both of us can only hope that whatever we do in Europe will have a positive impact on the Premier League, but obviously it has equal potential to have a negative one as well. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little bit harsh on Ren. I'm sure they're the, uh, the French Spurs, you know, not winning things, kind of using European mediocrity. But uh, yeah, I'm sure, as you think, times are changing. For me, not so much. I think... Um, I think I think it's all it's all going to go in Arsenal's favour eventually. We just need to have a little bit of patience, which I'm I'm not used to having. But we'll uh, we'll see where it takes us. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting few weeks now. I think as the season starts to come to a climax um, and all the big and all the big um, competitions come to a close. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think the Premier League is king. You know, getting a top four position is what these big clubs need in order to sustain themselves and build upon their success for the next year. And especially, you know, for your new stadium to have that top four is is the draw. You know, if you're if you're falling out and you're not going to be competitive, um, I'm sure that impacts kind of the whole your transfer plans as well. And that'll be huge because that's probably what you're relying on this um, this summer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's huge for us, which is why in retrospect this week, has been damaging in terms of, you know, because we, were, we weren't even part of the whole top four race. You know, we were meant to be part of the title race. So to be dragged back into it was bad. But as I said, hopefully now the circumstances under which we got that draw will hopefully give us a boost to the end of the season, kind of focus minds, give us a bit of a kick up the backside. Because, yeah, top four is absolutely huge for us. Um, and having been in such a strong position, it would be, I can only imagine the sort of stuff you would say if, Spurs ended up finishing outside the top four and, and Arsenal, for example, finished above us. So, you know, we can't let that happen. And in terms of the actual title race, which doesn't include Spurs now, thank God, um, how do you see it going between the two of them, Liverpool and City? Do you think it's, um, do you think City have got the front foot now and, and the momentum and that kind of squad to cope? Or do you think Liverpool will just have enough in terms of quality class and kind of that determination um, to finally make it their year? I have a... I, think City seem to have turned a corner now. They look pretty ruthless and up for it. And I think they'll do it. I think they're I think I agree. slightly kinder than Liverpool's. Um, and you just think that experience as well as City having won it last year, you think will serve them well going into the final stretch, even though they didn't have much competition last year. But still, I think there's there seems to be a new energy around City now that wasn't there before. And I think they're coming on strong at the right part of the season, whereas Liverpool seem to be getting a bit nervous. It'll be interesting to see. You know, I, I've made, uh, I've hidden no desire for Liverpool to win the league if it wasn't Arsenal purely because I think it's nice to kind of freshen it up and show that um, a little bit of stability, albeit they have invested heavily, um, can, can provide dividends at the end. But I think the relegation battle is looking all but done. I mean, those two... 
Fulham and Huddersfield looking looking almost down. And then I guess it's that last place. Southampton have that momentum. Um, it's probably looking like Cardiff on paper um, due to probably tragic circumstances to not have um, filled that striker position that they, they needed to um, at the Christmas holidays. But um, it'll be interesting. You know, you have a lot of clubs in that middle that middle of the table now as well who are just going to sit there and, and try and get get safe and make sure they're in the Premier League for another year. So I think in terms of what's up for grabs, you know, you, you have still got those... Um, I'd say you've got the top the the top two for the title, the top four race, and then I guess Wolves and Watford fighting <laughs> out for a little bit of Europa League. Yeah, no, it'll be a fascinating end to the season, and certainly Spurs and Arsenal jostling for top four. I think it will probably go right down to the last day, probably the way it's going at the moment. Exactly, I think for our um, our sanity and our friendship, it's probably good there's not another North London derby. Um, <laughs> this season because I think it would drive us apart <laughs> well we've had so we've had three North London derbies this season obviously our first episode the 4-2 Arsenal win then there was the 2-0 win in the Carabao Cup court final and now the 1-1 so it's one one win one defeat one draw honours even yeah but yeah. honours can't be even in the league come the end of the season though so it will be exactly the winner will take them all at the end of the season I'm uh, I've won I'm looking forward to it and um, my eyes will be peeled for the next Spurs result because, as I've also told a few people recently, I think my hatred for Spurs is as equal to my love for Arsenal. Well, every game matters now. And it's live.